Welcome back, church family. We are here with Ask the Elders podcast edition. Um, I am going to be leading things for this discussion. Uh, my name is Ryan, just in case you didn't recognize the voice. Uh, Pastor Brandon is working on a sermon for Sunday, and so we're going we're gonna to try and tackle some more questions from our church family today. Uh, so I'm going to go around and pass it around so you can hear the voices of the elders that are able to be here today and, and just discuss through these questions. Uh, my name is Ryan Wilden, and to my right is... Hoyt Bradley, and I'm glad to be here. I just wanted to throw out a little shout out to Larry, one of our other elders who's been gone for a while, recently back in town, but not able to come be with us today. We're looking forward to when he can come join us as well. Amen. Sure. And I'm Jeffrey Fass. Alistair Curley here. David Holes. Well, we are uh, assembled and ready to go with uh, another question for you guys. <laughs> so this one comes from one of our, uh, one of our uh, respondents. We don't know who. It's, it's anonymous. Um, but we want to try and help, and hopefully this gives you a little bit of uh, clarity and, and answers your question a little bit. So the question is, what does it mean exactly for a person to take up his cross and follow me? Is there symbolism or lesson in the fact that Jesus himself did not carry his own cross, at least not the whole time? For instance, are we carrying our cross and we give it to Jesus in the end like Simon did? Uh, we do not die or redeem what we carry. Could you help me understand these, uh, understand this better? And a couple verses that were included with it is Matthew 16, 24 through 26. And I'll read that. It is, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And then Matthew uh, 27, 32. As they were coming out, they found a man from Cyrene named Simon, who they pressed into service to bear his cross. And I know I butcher biblical names and I didn't do it fast and with confidence, I apologize. There's also another verse uh, that talks about it that um, doesn't mention Simon being pressed into service, which is John 19, 17. Um, they took Jesus therefore and he went out bearing his own cross to a place called the place of skulls uh, in the Hebrew called Golgotha. So um, those are the verses and the question and we're gonna go ahead and start our discussion. Well, there's actually several questions in there. Um, and, but the first one is, what does it mean exactly for a person to take up his cross and follow me? Let's just start with that one, first of all. Anybody have any thoughts? Okay. And dead air, which is always good. So it's, you know, what is your cross and, and taking it up? And I think... Jesus kind of answers that. It's it's dying to yourself in the end. You know, and if you look at uh, Matthew 24, I think it's probably 25 by that point. I actually have it broken down on my piece of paper that I had it written on. Chapter 16, verses 16, sorry, 25. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, where he says, uh, whoever wishes to save his own life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And, and you know, is that physical death? Quite possibly, but... It probably is more a uh, metaphorical death, you know, dying to your own wants and desires and, 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 and taking up, you know, what are God's desires for my life. 
we were talking about um, going all the way back to Adam in the garden and, um, you know, the, the fruit being there and Adam and Eve wanting to be like God uh, and taking of that fruit and just that thought of we as humans, we, we want to be doing our own thing. We don't want to be uh, dependent on God. We want to decide our own lives and go our own way. And so what Jesus is saying here to, to the, the crowd or the, his disciples is the complete opposite, right? He's telling us to, to die to yourself, to whoever wants to save his life will end up losing it in the end. Um, and but he's calling us to whoever, does, whoever loses his life will save it. And so I think um, we we're discussing a lot of people will take this, this phrasing of um, taking up their crosses sins or different burdens that they carry in their own life um, and I think we all agreed that it, it's not that's not what Jesus is trying to get at here he's not talking about um, some continuous sin that you're struggling with what he's what he's talking about is this thought of and in Luke 23 he says uh, let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me this thought of we are constantly dying to ourselves we no longer live for ourselves we we've as dave's going to bring it up in galatians 2 20 this thought of like being crucified with christ and we no longer live but we live by faith in him um and so i think we want to we want to clear up this thought of what does it mean to take up your cross specifically and it's this thought of dying to yourself yeah it's taking up my cross daily is not um i my burden is uh, my kids ir irritate me sometimes. That's not my cross. Uh, or you, you name it. Whatever the, whatever the sin may be of, of anger or um, um, gluttony or whatever. Um, unkindness to people. Uh, you can go through a whole list of things. It's not that I have to find this list so that I can see it in someone else and say, there, that's your cross. Uh, you're right. It is. It, we have to look at this progression. Right, and Dave talked about it earlier, the progression of the verse in terms of dying, uh, denying yourself, then taking up the cross, and the key is following Christ. I think this is a picture of a believer. It's a picture of the life of a believer, that, and it begins with the denial of self, which is, again, I, we take it back to the gospel. The denial of self is I, I repent of my sin. I recognize I have nothing in myself to offer God. Um, and so I, I'm going to die to that. I'm going to deny myself because I need, I'm in need of something. I'm in need of a savior. And, and so for the life of a Christian who's taking up the, this cross, it is about this association with Christ. I have, I have professed faith in Christ. I put my trust in him alone. And, and what comes with that is my cross, right? The, the sufferings of Christ is my cross. I'm associating myself with him. And the verse opens up in 24 then is who Jesus is talking to. Mm -hmm. He says, exactly. then Jesus said to his disciples, these were people that were already following Christ. And the opening word is if, making it, he's telling his disciples it's a choice they need to make. If anyone would come after me, and yeah, he lays it out. I mean, uh, the question kind of um, slightly skipped over the first part and went to the carry the cross, but it, as Hoyt just said, it's a process. The first step in the process is he must deny himself, as Alistair was talking about, that whole sin we all struggle with of self-focus, then take up his cross, as Hoyt just said, and follow me um, daily. 
Um, and Alistair mentioned it before too, you know, this is pre-death and resurrection. You know, Galatians 2.20 says it so well and, and kind of ties in when Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You know, and that just ties into that whole idea is we have to be crucified with Christ and killing those aspects of our sinful nature to be able to move forward. And I would argue that probably our greatest thing most of us struggle with is ourselves, our desire for our own to be in control, to be making your own decisions, to be on the throne of our life. And that's the opposite of what God desires. Yeah, I think Jesus spoke to that in Luke 9 too, um, 9, 57 through the end. Says, as they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever I go. Jesus told him, Foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then another said, uh, Then he said to another, Follow me. Um, Lord, he said, First let me go bury my father. But he told him, Let the dead bury their own, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow, the Lord, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go say goodbye to those in my house. But the Lord said to him, No one puts his hand to the pillow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who puts his hand to the pillow and plow. looks back. Uh, plow. And, yeah. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know. So after I butcher more Bible verses... Um, He's basically putting a choice in front of these people. You know, he's saying, this is what you're giving up, right. right? The first one, it's, I have no home, right? So you may be giving up your home. The second one is, you may not be able to go, you know, do something important like bury your father. You may be called to go spread the news of, of God. And the last one is, um, put his hand to plow and look back, right? So it's, I got to go do this or do that. And God's saying, no, you're not fit if you're worried about doing these other things. Do my things. Which is the indication you haven't denied yourself. And I think it goes more than that. I don't think Jesus is against you bearing your parents. No, no. They're using it as an excuse yes. to not follow Christ. Yeah. It's like, um, but wait. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, Christ sees through I'm, our petty excuses. I'm totally sold out for you, Jesus, but yeah. I need to do this first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, several scriptures have come up during our conversation about this, and... And I think you can look at a lot of scripture and see this played out, see this lived out in the lives of the apostles, for sure. Um, in Acts 5, 41, you know, after they had been beaten and those kinds of things, 41 says, Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. That's the picture of people who have denied self, taken up the cross, and followed Christ. That's what can be expected. Now, does this mean that every believer is going to be crucified? No. Um, the point is the, the understanding that associating yourself with Christ brings persecution. It brings, it brings on these things that um, are a part of the sufferings of Christ. So uh, it's, to be, it's to be expected. Uh, another one I wanted to bring up is John 15, verse 18 where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, if the world hates you, know that it has aided me before it aided you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember 
the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. Again, Jesus himself saying that this is what can be expected, is, is when you follow him, that's what that cross is. It's, it's suffering with Christ. I think this, this again is a, back to like we were talking about earlier. This is the gospel message, mm-hmm. right? Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, was all about being a servant. He did not usurp his authority as God over those he came to serve, ultimately to provide a way out, ultimately to give us, um, to, to satisfy that, that wrath that God um, has has proclaimed to those to to, to sinners, right? Mm-hmm. So we, as believers, if we want, he says, if you desire to come and follow Christ, you're going to have to take on that. You're going to take on the world's condemnation. You know that the world says, you know that what we believe as Christians is is foolishness, and that it's um, you're guilty. You know, so much the same way that Jesus was accused of being guilty wrongly we will also be wrongly accused but that's that's our cross to bear and that's something that we have to we have to accept and know like what's been trying to tell us and, and to tie in what Jeff just said is it worth it right it worth it. and it, that scripture goes on and say what is it profit of man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul yeah absolutely We're, you know the the whole thing was to glorify God how can I glorify God in my life if I am the one leading it, if exactly. I'm the one, if, 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 I'm, if I'm putting myself above God. Yeah. One other, on that particular question, one other verse I wanted to bring in is in Philippians 1, uh, verse 29. Again, this being written to believers. Okay? For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. You can go through the scriptures and see this constant drumbeat of what it is to be a true Christian is to suffer for Christ. It's to be expected. We should study and understand the word of God that says this, so that we'll know and we'll be prepared. We'll, we'll not be... Um, think it's strange when suffering and hardship comes, we can say that this is a part of the life of following after Christ. And again, be reassured um, that he is our rock, that we are, we are secure in him. That's the first question. I think, you know, we can definitely dive into the, the nuances of the, the last parts of that, but I think really... It's asking for clarity. You know, the, the question is, is what does exactly does it mean to be take up your cross and follow me? You know, that's the first question. And then it's, is there symbolism in the lesson? You know, so we can, we can go into that for sure, um, you know, about Simon. And I think Simon, you know, it says in, what is it, Matthew, the 27, 32, says he was pressed into service. Well, that's, that's not what Jesus says in, in, in uh, 
Matthew 16, 24. In terms of taking up in, your cross. In, for, yeah, it, in, in 16, 24, it's taking up your cross like it's a choice. Yeah, if anyone will come after me. Yeah. You must take up his cross. You must like, take up his I'm cross. Pressing it's not, you it's not like, hey, you have to take up your cross. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You it's, know, it's you have to take up your cross if you want to follow me. Exactly. Not not me kicking Alistair from the behind and saying, go, go take up that cross for somebody. Yeah. So well, and, and to that question from the, the person who's asked the question, is there symbolism or lesson in the fact that Jesus himself did not carry his own cross, at least not the whole time? I think um, in that, um, we discussed it, and we we don't pick up any symbolism or, or deeper meaning behind that uh, in terms of Simon, you know, being pressed into service to, to pick up Jesus's cross on his behalf. Um, at that point, Jesus had been severely beaten and flogged for quite a significant amount of time, um, and the Roman soldiers would be guiding Jesus out of the city. Uh, the typical man being crucified would carry his own cross out to where he would be crucified through the city, you know, being humiliated, all this stuff. Um, but Jesus in that instance was so severely beaten and weak and tired, um, he was unable to. So Roman soldiers have pressed a man, a man from the crowd, Simon of Cyrene, to take up Jesus's cross. Um, so we discuss, we see it more as the historical narrative of it, just a simple fact of Jesus was too weak to carry his cross at that point. The Roman soldiers wanted to get their job done, um, so they grabbed someone, Simon, and he took up the cross to get Jesus out there on time. Yeah, and really that, anytime we have this a discussion like this around a, a verse like this that really doesn't give any other explanation, you know, sometimes you'll have a piece of scripture that says something and you might wonder what it means, and then just following that, the scripture explains what it means. Now, in this case, we don't have that. Yeah. And so, you know, what you're saying there is it makes the most sense that, you know, after all the beatings and everything, um, you know, that he was he was too weak at that point to carry it. Uh, it doesn't say that, but we're thinking that's probably the case. The the going the other way, though, if, if we were going to try to put symbolism to it, I think the only direction to go, which is is false, is that somehow um, Simon helped Jesus carry his, his burden or, or um, assisted Jesus with our salvation. Or it seems like we, we, if we focus on it too much, you're really taking the focus off what's really going on here. And, and it is our Savior, our Lord, going to the cross, paying this ultimate penalty for our sin. And so I don't think this gives any further explanation because we're really not intended to no. speculate about it or anything like that. The way it's written is more historical narrative, like we were talking about, you know, before we started the podcast. Yeah, and we we don't see any of the other New Testament authors diving into it. You know, they're not trying to interpret it in any way. Um, it's sort of a, a once and done kind of thing in the gospel narrative. Um, there are other things, you know, that come up later on that the you know Peter or Paul will talk about that has you know meaning behind it. Um, but in terms of this specific instance of Simon carrying cross for Jesus um, yeah we didn't we didn't see anything deeper beyond that yeah the next question was a little confusing to me for it says for instance are we carrying our cross and we give it to Jesus in the end like Simon did um, we do not die or redeem what we carry in, in, a, in a question form um, that was it's a little confusing to me so without better context for that <laughs> question I don't yeah know. yeah if we could clear that up for you more you know maybe 
shoot that in as another question for sure. Um, I think if, if what's meant by that, I was going to say, if what's meant by that is that we're somehow carrying our cross before we're saved, then no. What we carry is our sin. And, and that's what needs to be forgiven and gotten rid of. The cross example that we have in this passage, again, is for believers. And it's dying to it's, yourself. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's taking on Christ's suffering with him. Yeah. It's not yeah. our sin. And again, kind of a tangent briefly, not carrying the cross, but uh, there is a great verse in Matthew 11 that talks about, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And again, that's, that's not talking about bearing the cross, but that's talking about in this life, you know, if we choose to be yoke fellows with Christ, he will carry and bear that burden with us. Um, so I, I mean, that's, that's completely different. What we're talking about, but just Christ is there with us in the battle um, to help us move forward. But you know, ultimately he paid the price for everything. He's he's our science partner can. and he's the smart one. You know, he's he's saying that there is a burden to carry, but but I'll carry a big chunk of that weight. You know, he's not saying, Here, go carry your cross, you're on your own, see you guys later. He's saying, you know, I'm I'm yoked with you and, and he's the bigger oxen. Yeah. Yeah. I and I so I think going back to the very first question, like Dave was saying, it's really important that that question be asked in the context of all three of those things that go with it. Denial of self, taking up the cross, and going after Christ, following Christ. It's a progression, you're right. And so we can't just take one piece out because they all fit together. And it tells us what that, and that in itself gives us the answer of the cross, and would we, following Christ. Would we agree that you really can't follow Christ until you do the first two things? Yeah. You, take up your there is no cross to, to follow after Christ with unless you are first born again, unless you're a believer, which means you've denied self. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for these questions. Um, really great. We enjoy uh, enjoy answering them for you. Hopefully they give you a little bit more clarity. They, they uh, help you understand the Bible a little bit better. We really enjoy getting together as elders and, and, and just chewing through this and discussing it and being able to share it with you. So thank you for giving us that opportunity. Um, continue to send in your questions. We'd love to get them and, and be able to, to work through them and help, you know, help maybe give you a little bit more um, insight into, into the biblical questions or, or everyday questions that you have from a biblical perspective. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time.